flow. Get this party on the road. How fast can this light go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Roscoe, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on the boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. This show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg Carrasco. single Saturday morning. I know this song is put a smile on some of your faces. The song has got a funny effect. <laughs> See, you're already smiling here, Nick. You don't even know why I'm playing this song. <laughs> I can't help it. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you're just tuning in, folks, uh, you're one of the lucky ones. Saga 960 is a sacred place. Here is where the minds come and congregate every Saturday morning. This is the Greg Carrasco Show, and we are Canada's largest automotive radio show that is mostly not about cars, but that's okay. We like each other anyways. I want to send a big shout-out to all the people out there. Yes, I love you. Yes, I miss you too. All of you, except two. You know who you are. There's no love for you. But to the rest, <laughs> uh, we are here for you. I want to send also a big shout out to our best friend, the basement dweller. I haven't checked my email this morning. I'm sure that he's spewing hate already. That's okay. Very important person of the show, right? You know, this guy is, uh, is amazing. Seriously, the biggest fan, you know, he, he uh, the most committed listener ever. And, uh, you know, I, I tell, I'm telling you, he, he definitely has at least three posters with your face on it in his basement. I, th I think so. I think so, too. But, um, you know, last week he was talking about, oh, you're using the show to promote your companies. Uh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think this show's about? <laughs> Loser. <laughs> uh, this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And until the end of the month, and maybe I'll continue it for next month. If you bring me your vehicle before you sell it anywhere else, before you trade it in somewhere else, and we give you a better price, um, we'll cut you a check on the spot. 
And on top of that, we'll give you a $1,000 gas card. What? I know the uh, $1,000 gas card is not going to take you very far these days because it seems like our dollars are not going anywhere. How much are we dropping the value of our dollar on a monthly basis, Lex? What's the inflation rate now? Good question. Let me look that up. I think it's about 8%. So if you leave your money in the bank, you're getting a negative 8% return. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's what what the banks should say in their commercials, you know, (laughs) invest with us. You'll lose money. (laughs) We got to thank our favorite dictator, Mr. Trudeau. Thank you. Thank you for the inflation. Thank you for the gas prices. (laughs) Thank you for the, (laughs) thank you for the high interest rates. I'm sure that Pierre Trudeau is rolling in his grave. It's like, (laughs) What are you doing, son? He's not my son. <laughs> he has nice hair, though. Uh, uh, sure. <laughs> He's not my son. It's me, hijo. With a Cuban accent. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, those who know, know. <laughs> but uh, you know you know speaking of fathers <laughs> this is father's day weekend dads fathers you know that in, in, in australia lex they're trying to get rid of father's day really now <laughs> yeah that's what i heard why Oh, because, you know, we all know that men are obsolete. You know, males are the obsolete gender now. (laughs) There is no need for those normal and natural masculine traits anymore because we are. Aren't we the disposable sex? Come on, man. You know, if you're 18 and your country was at is at war, you don't. That said, man, you're a goner. You don't stand a chance. Uh, You just go. (laughs) Just go. Just go. Sounds about right. We, we we have no 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 value, but you see, not on this show though. I'm I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to buck the trend here. The um, uh, I don't believe in the afterlife. I, I I haven't believed in that sort of stuff for a very long time. But uh, my old man died about I don't know maybe twelve thirteen years ago. I only saw the dude three times in my life. Three times I saw my dad. But in those three times, he made more of an impact than just about everybody else that I have met on a male figure. There are obviously some exceptions. You know, my dad's name was Washington. It's a cool name to grow up in Santiago, Chile. eh? What do you think, Lex? (laughs) Everybody's called Juan, Pedro, Mario Antonio. <laughs> and then it's my dad, Washington. <laughs> <The hell? laughs> no wonder he was a misfit. <laughs> but uh, did, did, did his parents love uh, George Washington? Was I, I have no idea, man. I have no idea. He's, okay. yeah, his name was Washington Mateo Aguirre. So I don't carry my father's last name. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I've, I've talked about on the show before that uh, 
in Chile, when you grow up without your parents, they give you uh, a social branding, they call it. So they give you your mother's last name twice. So the schools and your teachers, they know that you have no parents so they can beat the crap out of you in school. Wow. I know it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. So oh, sure. <laughs> so my legal name is uh, Gregory Alejandro. Alejandro. I like saying that. Gregory Alejandro. Carrasco Carrasco. That's my actual legal name. <laughs> so wow. I know it's a long name. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a Latino thing. I'm but Alejandro anyway, myself. Are well, you Alejandro? Well, Alexander, but you know. Same, same thing. thing. Same yeah. thing. Yeah, all my, you know, my two boys are... Alejandro. Nice. I have a third boy, but um, he doesn't carry that li- that family name. Either way, as I as I was saying before, my uh, my old man, um, the first time I met him, I you know he gave me a handshake that I still remember. This he had mittens for hands, he had big hands. He shook my hand straight, and he looked at me. He was crying when he saw me. He had never seen me before. <laughs> And then he said, the first thing he said to me, son, men look at men in the eye when they shake their hands. And it's like, wait, hold on a second, dude. I just met you 30 seconds ago. You're already parenting here. What's happening? (laughs) Well, men look at men in the eye when they shake their hands. And that never really went away. He had a tattoo on his arm that he... He did himself. That was a badass. He had my name on it. I will put his name on me at some point in my life. I'm not ready for it yet. The finality of, of a tattoo is something that I, 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 I don't know. I haven't been able to give my father yet. But you see, I'm 50 now and, you know, a relatively successful career. But this was overnight success that took 30 years, but I didn't do it alone. I couldn't have done it alone. There are some important male role models in my life that served as a moral and social compass. Strong, strong male role models that I couldn't have done it without it. I simply couldn't have done it. You know, these people don't even know that I will be talking about them on my radio show in another country because eh. number one, if even if they were listening to the show, they couldn't understand it anyways. They speak another language. But this shout out goes to all the fathers, all the male role models out there, all the strong, stoic producers, providers, protectors, that seem to be getting forgotten by by our society these days. Let us not forget about our dads. I was talking to the owner of the station this morning, Jody, about her dad. I wish she was listening to the show right now. She she may be in the background right now. Her dad is a badass. He's been in this zone for fifty years. Two radio stations, one TV station. What? That's something to aim to be like. Is your dad still alive, Nick? 
Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. How is your relationship with your dad? And don't cry, please. You know, I don't have Kleenex this year. <laughs> you know, it's uh, overall, you, usually it's pretty good. We have our disagreements. And when we have our disagreements, they're strong disagreements because we both have pretty strong personalities and we're, we're French, so we're emotional. <laughs> um, but in the end, uh, usually we get along pretty well. Well, you're supposed to not get along with him. You're what? You're 22? 23. You're 23. You know, you're still another 25, 30 years until you start understanding the value of, of the, your father's contribution in your life. You just don't know yet. It's the weirdest thing. Because we only get to miss our fathers when they die. But when they're alive, eh, there was always a bit of contention there because somebody needs to do the parenting. I think we need more men in our society, more strong males in our society. <sighs> we need to regroup our family settings. We need to have something to aim at. I want to send a big shout out to Abraham. Abraham was an uncle of mine. I call him uncle. He was not related to anybody in my family. But he wanted to date one of my aunts. <laughs> so he was always around. <laughs> wow. <laughs> honorary uncle. He's an honorary uncle. But that's what you call people in other countries for utter respect, you know? Exactly, yeah. Tio. Same thing in the Filipino culture. Yeah, tío, tía. And now that I'm exposed to Brazilians and Portuguese, chio and chia, <laughs> you know, and even in, in Arabic, you know, amo, they call them. It's, 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 a, it's, it's known everywhere else in the world, except here in North America, you know. You respect somebody, you call him uncle. But anyways, this guy, um, I don't know, he, he must have taken some martial arts lessons at some point in his life. But, uh, you know, he knew something, you know, and down there in the 70s, it's like if you knew anything, you knew something. And uh, he was he was my first martial arts instructor when I was like seven or eight years old. And I remember just teaching me sweeps and stuff, you know, from standing up. And it was I thought it was the coolest thing. And he was one of the first people that um, instilled this love into martial arts for me when I was very, very young. Then my uncle David, my uncle David is married to my aunt Doris. And this was the guy that, uh, he was a truck driver. There's a lot of truck drivers in my family. Whenever there was a problem or, you know, we were, we grew up in, 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 in gang territory. There were gangs everywhere. It was dangerous. But whenever things got a little bit heated, he was the one that would go onto the streets and just confront people just to defend my sister and I. The number of times that I saw him fighting with people on the streets was just crazy. And it was mostly just to defend the family. It was something that you did back there. I always wanted to be like him. So, Uncle David, that goes to you. And then I moved to Canada. And in Canada, I found a whole different system of people here. It was a different kind of role models. But uh, I will never forgive myself in a, on a Father's Day. I don't send a shout out to Gary Bowman. That dude is a man. You know, he hired me in the car business about 30 years ago at 401 Dixon Nissan. And, um, you know, I couldn't speak English at the time. And he took the time. He just sat me 
on a chair at his desk and say, just watch. And he had me there for three, three months or so, just watching me do whatever he did. He would take a pen and paper and a little notebook that he had, and he would explain to me the principles of sales and the funnel system and the steps to a sale and whatnot. And I learned under him, he was, he was the best until I was ready. And then I became the best. <laughs> I know that Gary listens to the show every Saturday morning. I love you, Gary. He's amazing. The student became the master. You know, I know it sounds funny, but, uh, you know, at, at some point I became his boss and then I became his boss's boss. Wow. And, um, um, but Gary's retired now and he, uh, he was a role model for me as a family man. He's been married for like a hundred years. He's got two beautiful daughters and a pile of grandkids. And every time I talk to him, I talked to him last week. He's always spending time with his grandkids. But, uh, you know, if there was any really point in, in, in the universe for me to aim at as to what I thought a good man was, because I never had any idea, it was probably to be like him. You know, he's an artist, he paints, he's a thespian, he talks. And he's just, I remember in the doldrums of winter, you know, standing in the showroom there at 401 Dixon Eason and everybody was outside smoking and Gary and I would just lean against an Altima or a Maxima and just talk about the problems of the world. And that's what we did. A lot of the English that I know today was learned through conversations that I had with Gary. Who is your male role model who do you look up to when you think ah i want to be just like that i didn't have a lot of them but the ones that i had were significant enough for me to be able to steer my life in a, in a direction that made sense it's tough navigating today's society as a strong male because what we do is not appreciated it's often not understood we are vilified, we are ostracized, we're marginalized. When femininity is considered to be a weakness and masculinity is considered to be toxic, we have to be careful with what we say. But I don't care. Because this weekend is Father's Day. And fathers need to be recognized. Don't fall prey to what you hear in the news. Don't fall prey to the trend that we have today of not acknowledging how important the presence of our fathers are. Don't do it. We need our dads. We need our men. Lex, any thoughts on this? Well, I do agree. Um, I guess in a sense, my thing is that, uh, um, I would have desired more strong male role models in my life. Those that I could connect with. Well, you can use me. I volunteer. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> I volunteer. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to read something to you folks before we go to, into a break. And then I'm going to, I have a couple of beefs here that I need to share with you, but I'll, I, I apologize again because whenever I read my accent comes out. So the, um, forgive me. 
This is from Dylan Thomas. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. The wise men at their end know dark is right because their words have fought no lighting. They do not go gentle into that good night. Good men, the last wave by, crying how bright their frail deeds might have danced in a green bay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Wild men who caught and sang the sun in flight and learned too late they grieved it on its way. Do not go gentle into that good night. Grave men near death who see with blinding sight, blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And you, my father, there on sad height, curse, bless me now with your fierce tears, I pray. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. This is the Greg Carrasco Show. Lex, take us to a break. We'll be right back. Across the street, it's the cars that have to look both ways. <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris, and you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. Hi, guys. This is Roberto Alomar, and you are listening to the one and only The Greg Carrasco Show. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show here. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople, and we've been no commission for a very, very, very long time. So you don't need to negotiate anymore. It's a one price store. We try to keep it fair. So those who know, know. And they only come and see me. Oakville Nissan is right off the QEW there between Bronte and Third Line. And Oakville Infinity is um, probably one of the most well-loved and appreciated luxury dealers in the, in the town of Oakville. Oakville loves driving Infinities. Um, Father's Day special. <clears throat> Call me, 289-275-9600. I want to hear a story about your dad. I want to hear a story about your old man. I want to know... What makes your dad a no G? That's what I want to know. 
Is, is there something that you can think about that makes your dad a badass? Uh, Nick, if, if there is, tell me. Come on, man. <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm not going to put you in the spot like that. because I'll, I'll I think about it, and then I'll, if, if, I can, if I think of something, I'll let you know. <laughs> no problem. If you have anything to say, call us 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. Or if you want to send me a message on social media, I'm easy to find, at Greg Carrasco. Wow, that's pretty simple. At Greg Carrasco. What were you going to say, Nick? I was just going to joke. What is it again? It's too complicated. <laughs> it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty complicated. <laughs> uh, you know, folks, I need to uh, give you an update on the uh, the basement dweller. As um, officially named Nick by name. <laughs> wow. <laughs> on the venom that I get on my phone. <laughs> I was just I was just telling Greg in the commercial break, you know, I've made it. Hey, the basement dweller actually mentioned me. This, no. Hey, this is everything I wanted to accomplish. No, and he also sent me a pretty uh, a pretty heartfelt uh, philosophical psychoanalysis of me. So this was at seven forty this morning. He says the truth is that you are so inherently screwed up that you keep yourself busy only to run from your true self. Be like water. <laughs> And that is your uh, morning assessment from Dr. Basement Dweller. Be, be like water. <laughs> What's wrong with this people? Maybe, maybe he's Dr. Basement Dweller, you know? <laughs> yeah, my uh, psychodynamic psychotherapist, you know, specializing in PTSD from Chile. There you go. You're screwed up. <laughs> and you keep running away from your true self. My cardio is impeccable <laughs> from all the running. But anyways, you know, this morning I, I, I had a bone to pick. And I know that the, um, the second hour is, I mean, the first hour is certainly not the hour of the grievances. Uh, but I have a gripe to pick. Um, and I, I want you to, to bear with me on this because I, I do believe this is important. You know, as I, as I glide through my life, just meeting people here and there, I keep seeing the same pattern. People who want to live large, people want to make money and buy expensive mierda. And I, I, I can't, um, I can't understand why they want to sleep in. <laughs> you know, you want, you want to have a big house and all this money and buy all this expensive stuff. And then you like to sleep in. It doesn't make sense. I don't know a single successful person, and I'm talking in, in, the, in, the, in the overall, in the holistic sense of thing. Most people that are successful at a higher level, they just don't sleep in. It's just not something they do unless they're working on their dreams at nighttime. The number of people who want a six-pack, but they refuse to stop stuffing their faces with far more calories than they will ever, ever burn – I'm fat. <laughs> uh, yeah, stop eating. You know, your waistline is a mathematical calculation. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't want to hear this. Your waistline, folks, is <laughs> not the fault of fast food companies. It's not the fault of the government. It's not a fault of society. It's not a fault of Instagram. It's your fault. Everything is your fault. <laughs> if you are fat, it's because you are really bad at math. 
if you eat 5,000 calories a day and watching TV only allows you to spend 1,000 calories a day, your body will save those additional 4,000 calories for a rainy day. <laughs> and guess where the, your body likes to save those calories for a rainy day? Around your waistline. The number of people that want to have a house or a condo or an apartment and refuse to stop going out every weekend to King West, wasting their money and pay $25 a drink on credit cards. Folks, what are we doing? What are we talking about? There is no real accomplishment without sacrifice. There isn't a real success story without the friction of the suffering that you had to put through in order for you to accomplish anything that is meaningful. People who want to build up their savings, but they're walking around with three, four, five thousand dollar purses. What? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> the more expensive the purse the less money you have to put in the purse. <laughs> you see what I'm, you see what's going on here? That was a good one. Brent. You see what I'm doing here, folks? I'll repeat this. People who want to build up their savings, but they're walking around with two, three, four, ten thousand $10,000 purses. I'll repeat the more expensive, the purse, the less money you have to put in the purse. I see you. And unless you're going to Pacific Mall and buying a knockoff, I don't judge. <laughs> I've never been to Pacific Mall, but they say that they sell some pretty interesting knockoffs in there. They do. they do. It's like five minutes away from my house. <laughs> Grew up there. It's like it's uh, it's a paradise sometimes. I've never been there. I got to go and check it out. And this one is, 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 is a funny one to me. People who want to have a long-lasting traditional relationship in a traditional setting, but they're not traditional people. <laughs> uh, you want to fight with me? It's okay, man. Call me. You want to disagree with me? Call me. 289-275-9600. Listen to this, folks. If you're living with your parents... You should be saving every single possible penny towards your goals because you won't get another chance. Once the system digs its claws onto your income, there is no turning back. And the more money you make, the deeper those claws penetrate. Trust me, I know. So the question is, you want to win? You want to be successful at something? You want to achieve notoriety? What are you doing about it? What are you doing to make sure that you get what you're looking for? You see, here is one of the biggest problems that I see when I talk to young people these days. Number one, social media. 
social media has given us such a crazy and distorted view on what success is like. So you ask a young person, what do you want? Money. That's the first thing they say. Then success. Then fame. Recognition. Some of them want love. And the more astute ones want peace. But let me tell you something. And this is the humble opinion of a car salesman. So don't listen to me either. <laughs> What do I know, right? All these things that I just mentioned to you are nothing more than a side effect. Let me explain. You cannot chase money for the sake of chasing money. Money will always run away from you. Money is a concept. The same thing with success and fame. Money is a side effect of a job well done. When you become good at something, people will throw money at you to either buy it from you or have it done with you or to hire you because you are exceptional. And when you become really, really good at something, then success comes to you. And if you become one of the very, very few that are best at your craft, at whatever it is that you've chosen to dedicate your life to, then you become famous because of it. Then you become recognized. But you can't go into the world and say, I want to be recognized. I want to be famous. And then he begs the question, why? Why should you be famous? What have you done that is important? If you are not part of a greater cause, all those things that you seek will evade you, will elude you, will ignore you. What are you doing that is important? And let me tell you, you will never be able to achieve anything, any one of those things that I just mentioned to you without failing and trying and then failing and then trying and then trying again and again and again and again until there is nothing left in you and then you try again some more. Bukowski said, find what you love and let it kill you. Do you know what you love? You will never be able to find love if you don't love yourself first. And I know that this sounds trite and basic, maybe even juvenile of a thought. But the truth is this. That everything that you seek from the outside world has to be found inside first. Because if you don't do that, he will always make you a victim. If you only feel love because somebody else loves you, what happens when they go away? If your success is defined by the job that you have, what happens when you get fired or the company closes down or you get downsized? If fame is what you seek and your fame is 
defined by the radio show or the TV show or the Instagram account or the YouTube channel that you have, and that gets shut down. Will you fall apart? Look at this. You will never be able to find love if you don't love yourself first. You will never be able to have money if you don't pay yourself first. It's a weird concept. You will never be able to be successful if you're not absolutely obsessed with your own success. Because if you are not obsessed with your own success, nobody cares. Nobody cares about you. You're going to say, oh, Grant, that sounds so mean. That's true. Other than your parents. And your parents are trying to figure their own stuff out, man. Your parents are nothing more than grown-up children with the same problems, the same trials and tribulations that you have, except that they're farther along the way. You will never be able to win at anything unless you taste the bitterness of defeat. You know, kids in school these days, are not allowed to fail a test. Did you know this, Lex? Have you heard about this? Yeah, I've heard about it. It was the way it was when I was growing up. We weren't allowed to fail, almost. You know, my bigger concern, and you know, I have a good, a good buddy of mine that is coming in the next hour. His name is Jason Figliano. He's a badass. Him and I are going to talk about this. These kids that are coming out of school these days, are completely unprepared, unprepared to how absolutely brutal the world out there is. You don't know how to fail? Mm, you better get used to it real fast. <laughs> real, real fast. And look at this. Balance and excellence are opposing ideas. Balance is average. You know, we can all, you can, we can all, when I see balance, you see a straight line, don't you? Immediately that comes to, to your mind. Lex, am I wrong with this? Balance is a straight line. Yeah, you're correct about that. Yes. And that straight line of balance is an average. But excellence is not. Excellence is way up there. You cannot have an excellent life. You cannot enjoy the success of your, of your hard work without sacrificing something else. And you, you cannot sacrifice something if balance is what you seek. So if you think that you can be unbelievably successful and have a balanced life at the same time, you need to get a new dealer because that crack that they're selling you is bad. It's bad crack. <laughs> so a friend of mine told me one time, uh, there's three important things in your life or three main things in your life. There's love, relationships, there's friendship, and then there's career. Choose two to be successful and you got to leave one behind. I don't entirely disagree with that. I don't entirely disagree with that. Folks, this is the Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show. We talk about all sorts of different things. 
you have something on your mind, call me, 289-275-9600. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. You owe it to yourself before you make any car buying decisions to come and see me. Just need to bring a thick skin. Because, as you probably figure it out, I don't care about your feelings. I'll give you the straight goods. Flex, take us to a break. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. Hi, everybody. This is Haley Wickenheiser, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Night for a moon dance with the stars up above in your eyes. A fantabulous night to make romance neat the cover of October skies. You know, the leaves on the trees are falling to the sound of the breezes that float. You know, I'm trying to please to the calling of your heart strength that plays soft and low. You know, the night. Seem to whisper and hush. Then all the sun light seems to shine. Did you blush? Can I just have one more morning dance with you? I'm out love. Great peace. Great, great piece. One of these days I'm going to publish the song list of the Carrasco Show somewhere in Spotify. You can, you can create uh, you know, playlists like this, right? Oh, yeah. Easy to do. I should do that. It'll be the most famous playlist on the planet. Great lineup of songs we've had over the past few months, man. Yeah. Musical taste is impeccable. A great variety, too. You know, many, many different uh, genres, eras. My, uh, my, my taste in music is very eclectic. Now, you guys were listening to the last segment of the show, Lex and Nick. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about what I say here? Because you guys, you know, I know not so much you, Lex, but uh, Nick is significantly younger than I am. What do you, th- what do you think when I say the things that I say here on the show? Well, you know, I think it, it, in the end, in the end, you know, you might, you might have a point. Uh, with, with, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> no, I think, <laughs> I think, um, like you said, with uh, s- some people. You know, my generation, they they kind of, you know, they they want things, but they don't necessarily do what they need to do to uh, achieve it. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's an issue. And I think uh, I'm, I'm definitely not claiming to be perfect, but I, I think I've tried to be better than some people in my generation to say, like, I'm not just going to, you know, sit around and say, I want this or I want that and not and not do anything to make it happen. I mean, if I if I want something to happen, I'm going to you know, work my behind off to make it happen. Well, you'd be surprised how many people are not. They, they, they have a dream. <laughs> they, they, they have an idea of what they want, but they're doing nothing about it. I mean, and look, the, the, 
So many amazing ideas are lost in inactivity. This is one of the biggest problems that people have. They don't do anything about it. And I can tell you that I, I never wanted to be one of those people. Like I've said on the show before, I don't have a bucket list. When I think of something and I feel strongly enough about it, I'll do it. I just, I simply go out and do it. If I fail, it's fine. I'm okay with that. But at least I didn't fail in trying to execute whatever was on my mind. Do you know what I'm saying, Lex? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, if I could relate that to my own experience, um, it's one of the reasons why I've, uh, got, I'm in broadcasting right now is because uh, after years of uh, trying to uh, be in a uh, traditional setting, because I was in a traditional relationship, wanted to be a traditional uh, long-term relationship with a traditional person. And it turns out that I'm not traditional, neither was my ex-traditional. And so as a result, the relationship failed. But as a result, I was able to go and do what you said just now, is to go and be obsessed with what my success is going to be for myself and love myself first before anybody else. You know, I... You know, you have to forgive me for this, man. But that that relationship defines you these days, man. You need to move away from that stuff. You you need to move on, man. Like, I I, I hate that this person is still has so much power over you. That's the way it feels. It feels from this side. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about, and I feel that I've probably moved down maybe about up to sixty to seventy percent. But that last thirty no, like, percent is horrible. When somebody wants horrible. to go, just go. Go. They made the decision. Help. Go. Here. I'll give you my help. You have my blessing. <laughs> Thank you. Please. There's the door. <laughs> you know, the sooner the sooner I come to terms with the fact that you just went and it's good because everything is good. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if you stay in a crappy relationship, nothing good is going to come out of it. True. So let them go. The sooner you come to that realization, the quicker you can move on and do something else. You know, my, I remember, the, um, uh, you know, some pretty good advice my dad gave me. And I think this applies to anything, whether it's, you know, uh, looking for a job or, you know, wanting a certain relationship or, you know, wanting certain friendships, whatever. He said, don't waste your time when it's not going to work out. He said, if it, if it doesn't, if you, you can tell that either, let's say it's a job, you know, it's not happening. You're not getting the job. Look, move for, on. Look, move look on. for the next one. Move yeah, on. He said, he said, forget about it. Forget it, forget about it instantly and move on to the next one. And that way you don't dwell on it and you keep moving. If somebody doesn't want to be with you, great, move on. Mm-hmm. I'll find somebody that, that does. End of story. You know, it's, there's a book that I just finished reading that calls this, uh, it's a bad case of one-itis. You know, oh, she's the one. She's the only <laughs> one. <laughs> My life will never be the same. <laughs> no, man. You know, you know, this is the problem. We base our relationship in love. You know, how many, how many people have you loved in your life, man? And every one of those, you thought that it was the last person, that it was, the, oh, it, that was it. That was the one. <laughs> and it's never the one. Mm, never, never. So why do we base, you know, the most important social alliance, the most important financial decision of your life, which is, a, you know, finding your mate on the most fickle and ever-changing feeling. I, I think we're just, people get blinded by love. You know, they, uh, they've said it. Uh, love makes people do illogical things. And when you're in that uh, state, it's, uh, no, you, you might make the decisions you regret you later know, on. Just go back to the old school. You know, does that make sense? You know, do you bring to the table something that I don't? And I, do I bring to the table something that you don't have? 
Yes or no? Yes. Let's learn to respect and appreciate one another, man. You know, love isn't a feeling, folks. It's a decision. Mm -hmm. One day we're going to convince ourselves of that reality. And I learned the hard way. Believe me. And to the, all the boys out there, this is this is old man Carrasco here spitting some truths. Don't marry the one you love. Don't do it. She'll mess you up. <laughs> yep. Marry the one that loves you. You remember what Jacob's reaction when he heard you say that? <laughs> well, say what, did, what, what did he say? <laughs> no, uh, he, he, he was stunned. He, he was like, I, I don't get what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm going to repeat this, folks. And, you know, to, this goes to the, all the boys out there that are listening to my show. Do not marry the one you love. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a mistake. Marry the one that loves you. And on that note... We're going to take a short break. And my buddy Jason Figliano is going to be here on the other side of the break. And folks, you want to listen to this guy. <laughs> I, I met him at a gun range. I was coming out of shooting my guns. And uh, there he was. And I knew the moment that he opened his mouth, I knew I was going to have a lot in common with this guy. And uh, over the last few months, we have exchanged... Um, you know, some thoughts, you know, he's funny as hell on social media. And uh, I, I decided that I, I needed to have his opinion and his outlook in life on the show. But uh, again, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity before you make any car buying decision. Uh, and, you know, friends, don't let friends buy cars without coming and talk to the slacker himself, Carrasco, at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Lex, take us to a break. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, sports fans? Forrest Griffin here, and I want you to check out the Greg Carrasso Show. Check him out. Greg and the gang. Uh, yeah, enjoy. It is time for Greg Carrasco. Trending Twitter like a bomb Tens of thousands on his lawn He's even followed by your mom what? Broadcasting live Here is your warning The topics are flowing Every Saturday morning Car talk like Sherlock The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock Movie talk on a boardwalk Shoot facts like a tomahawk So entertaining Turn up the station There's no more waiting The show is beginning It's too late to escape Let's go Here's your host Greg And we're back. If you are just tuning in, folks, you are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show that is mostly not about automotive. Cars are relatively boring. They're nice to look at. They're nice to get in and drive hard as fast as you can. And then just park them, look at them from afar. I was never a mechanically inclined person. I never really had a male role model to show me how to fix things like that. 
I regret not having that. That was that was not a good thing. But for the most part on the radio show, we try to bring some social topics to the forefront in a more natural, normal way. I'm not a radio broadcaster. The show started as a as an expert hour 13 or so years ago in which I didn't talk about the mechanics of a car. I talked more about the philosophy of buying a vehicle and not being taken advantage of by car dealerships. So the principles that I've taught you guys over the last 13 years are still used by many of you, saving yourself a lot of headaches. But the truth is that we all need to evolve. The show evolves. The topics that interested me back 13 years ago have changed. And I'm embarrassed to say that at one point in my life, I was a liberal. I have seen the light sense. (laughs) I have to thank our favorite dictator, Justin Trudeau, for making me leave the left. And to be perfectly honest with you, I will dedicate the rest of my life to make sure that no one else ever goes back there or that everyone leaves if I can help it. But you listen to the show because you find something in common with me. You feel that there is a camaraderie. There, is a, there are some synergies that you hear coming from the show. And whether you love what I have to say or you are directly opposed to what I say on a regular basis, like our favorite listener, The Basement Dweller, the whole idea is to instigate dialogue, is to instigate thought. And that's what I had in mind when the idea of bringing the next guest came to mind. Um, I was doing one of my favorite pastimes, which is to shoot guns, to go target practicing up in Target Sports in Stouffville. It's an amazing family of people there. All the respect and love to those guys up there, guys and girls. And uh, one day I came out of the range and uh, this gentleman was just talking to my salesperson there. And immediately we started to chat and uh, I figured, you know, it was only a few sentences until I saw that there was a strong male standing in front of me. We saw each other. We exchanged a few sentences. We had jujitsu, guns, tattoos, ball head, beard. It's like, what? Harleys, what else? (laughs) And I thought I need to have this guy on the show. I am super happy to introduce Slacker Nation here with my buddy, Jason Figliano. He is an entrepreneur. He is a professional martial artist. He owns a jiu-jitsu academy. It's a Gracie jiu-jitsu academy up in, I think it's on Kleinberg. Is, uh, is it Kleinberg, Jason? It's uh, Bolton and Tottenham. In Bolton and Tottenham. And, uh, you know, he is a, he's one of those strong male leaders that we seem to be missing these days. And uh, I, I wanted on father's day, I wanted to have him here because I, I do listen to the stuff that you say. I read your post and I crack up, you know, <laughs> this morning you posted something that I had to screenshot in you. A lot of the times you can't share this stuff on, <laughs> on, on regular media for obvious reasons, but this one just literally cracked me up. There was a father you know, a lady and a, and, and a man just sleeping beside beside each other. And he says, honey, please go wake up our son. So the father goes and grabs his son by the lapel and says, 
Okay, corporations are pushing plant-based diets in order to create a population of malnourished cash cows that are dependent on industrial agriculture and pharmaceuticals to survive. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I'm super happy that you're here. How are you? I, I'm amazing. It is an absolute pleasure to be on the show and to have connected with you that day. You know, the universe works in mysterious ways and here we are and I couldn't be more happier. <clears throat> you know, on every Friday night, uh, Jason, I do a very short interview with Richard Surrett uh, on the radio station here. And uh, he was, uh, as I was waiting for him to come, you know, to allow me in, just like you're doing right now, he was talking about the fact that uh, Ontario right now has um, a plant that can produce 9,000 metric tons of crickets that are going to be for sale. So we are going to be the largest cricket for human consumption producer in the world. What is happening to us, Jason? Why, why do you think that we are, you know, we, we all know the benefits of eating protein and, and cows and fat. Why do they insist on making us change our minds? I know. I mean, let's be honest here. It's, it's a docile nation that they want to create and, it's men that wage wars and it's men that go to war for their values, their beliefs and their morals. And how do we, how do we control that men by, by reversing what has gotten them to this stage, you know? And uh, I'm a firm believer. Like, like it's funny that it's crickets because let's be realistic here. As, as soon as, as soon as there's a problem, it's the beta males where it's crickets. You hear nothing. You just hear the crickets. And it couldn't be more. It's like, they can't feed a sheep because that's an actual meat. <laughs> but they want to turn us into sheep. So what's the next best thing? Let's use crickets because we want them to be silenced as soon as we start um, controlling them. But you see, the the indoctrination is starting very early right now because I, I see it. I mean, um, our school system is not really creating any thinkers anymore. It's creating activists. And, uh, you know, a lot of people that are coming out of you know, post-secondary education are uh, they they hate their own gender. I mean, being a male these days is so unbelievably under attack that I don't, you know, I, I live in a world that I don't comprehend. I mean, you know, growing up in Santiago, Chile, in, in, in gang-ridden country, um, only the strongest males were the ones that survived the, the ghetto and also that were able to provide for their families and defend their children and their wives. But somehow... Life has become so easy up in Western civilization that it's too easy to stay alive, Jason. That's the problem. Canada has no strife. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. You know, we say it all the time, first world problems. The mm -hmm. problems that we're experiencing up here are, are first world problems compared to what's going on around the world. And there's no, there's no perspective. Like, it, it's almost like a, I, we welcome this coming crisis to start making the strong men that are going to create better times. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pain that's going to have to happen. I think a lot of pain and you know, whether it's this generation that stands up or the next generation, I don't know. I, I don't have the answer to that, but it's definitely, it's all about perspective and the Canadian people have lost that perspective. I find the people that have grown up in the school system, the kids that have grown up in the school system, um, the adults that, you know, the parents that I deal with now that have grown up in that school system, the perspective is just completely gone. You know, that whole notion that um, losing 
or competition is bad and the losing is some, something that we shouldn't allow our, our children to do, uh, it's, it's indoctrinating our youth into a weak mindset. And I, this is the part that I fail to understand. How can we train kids to be not trained for the real world because the real world is cruel man you know this i know this when you go out into the marketplace do you really think they care about your feelings do you really think they care the fact that you didn't learn how to lose because uh, you couldn't fail a test in in elementary school you know how does that work in real life jay well i mean and i always tell people this uh, a win you remember but a loss you learn but someone's got to be there to teach you about that loss and I kind of find that when it comes to, uh, especially with kids, I tell parents this all the time. Kids either got to learn how to deal with loss at 6, 16, 26, or 36. And as those numbers get higher, it becomes a lot harder. And if you don't teach kids how to lose at an early age and control their emotions with that loss, when they're 16, those emotions can put them in jail. You know, when they're 26, those, those emotions can make them lose their livelihood. You know, I, I see it. Um, and, and, and look, I, I want you to put this in perspective for me for a second, because um, it, it's something that I, I do. I, I do see. Um, we have an appointment for, I don't know, 11 o'clock with a customer. For some reason, the previous customer needed something else done on, on a vehicle. And we are late to take the next customer in by three, four five minutes. But those two, three, four five minutes are enough to completely make somebody break down and unravel. You know, how perfect does your life need to be? Or how perfect is your life that waiting one, two, three, four more minutes for you to be taken in is enough to completely destroy the very essence of your existence, that you'd feel that you need to yell at people to claim that you're entitled to be taken on time. You know, we <laughs> it's, it is unbelievable what I see on a day-to-day basis. And um, I don't accept it. I reject that notion. And, you know, this is one of the reasons why I resigned my position at TSN. I I was with TSN for the last couple of years, and uh, I started to talk about this, and boom, the hammer came down. Greg, you can't talk about those things. Wait, what? (laughs) Wait, what? Why not? Oh, because we don't talk about these things here. Why not? Do you find that you get pushback whenever your true opinions come out, Jay? You know, this will be an interesting conversation specifically about my true opinions because you're a business owner now. Mm-hmm. And so you know that the only person that's going to come in and push back are either other customers or other employees. But at the end of the day, you're driving your own, you're, 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 you're driving your own shit. Yep. So I don't get as much pushback, I would say from my clientele because they're there for the same reasons. I wouldn't, I don't get that much pushback from my staff because they've been with me since they've been super young and I've grown them in through their adolescence into that position, into that role. Um, where I get pushback is the online community that doesn't understand and, and they can sit, like you said earlier on, in the basement and just complain and just and have a voice without having that that set to walk up to me and say, hey, I don't agree with that or or I think you can't talk about that. I, I, I do. I've, I do feel that quite a bit. Jason, I mean, I was a very early adopter of social media and to a certain degree, I built my career around it. And, um, you know, Mike Tyson said it best. You know, everybody in this society has made people comfortable with saying the stupidest things without ever having the fear of getting punched in the face. Exactly. You know, a lot, of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that's being said 
you know, about me or to me on social media is people that would never have the courage to come up to me and say, number one, what it does to me, because I still feel, um, but also that would never have the courage to come up and actually say it, uh, you know, like used to be in the old days, you know, there was an actual price to be paid for you to be an a-hole back in the day. Now there is no price to be paid. Anybody has the ability to say anything to anyone with impunity and therein is where the problem lies. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think part of it is due to the fact that we've lost sight of that old saying where it, used, it takes a village to raise a child. That, that is correct. Yeah. Men used to stand up, not even men, people used to stand up against things that were wrong. Like it could be something as silly as when you're going to a parking lot and someone's parked right in front of the convenience store because they couldn't park 10 feet down in an actual space. And now people are driving around them and you have to sit there and say, Hey man, would you mind parking in a space? That's, that's really rude and inconsiderate for other people. You know, I remember as a kid, people, older people would put me in my place. And I would be embarrassed about it. Now, people are saying, you know, don't talk to me like that. I have my reasons. It's like, no, your reasons don't trump what's moral and right in society because your feelings get hurt or because you're inconvenienced by five minutes of walking 10 more feet, you know? I, you know, that, that whole notion of the village raising the kid is something that is a miss in Western civilization. And, you know, and, and this is something that we've touched about on, on the radio show here a couple of times in the past. And in, in it, a lot of it has to do with the love for the elders, the love for the experience. You see, where I come from, the older the person, the more respect you give them um, because their experience is valued. But here we seem to have inverted what's important. We have given all the power to young people that don't know their head from their you know what. And the truth is that they don't, they don't know anything, but we are afraid of saying it to them because, as Oscar Wilde said, youth is wasted in the young. And they, they truly don't know. But somehow we have convinced them that they're special. We have convinced them that their opinions are important even though they have never accomplished anything. So how do you revert that? How do you change it? In which you say, you know what? Nah, no, you should just listen. Listen to somebody that has done it and maybe you may learn something. How do we revert that, Jay? I think part of it is the parents have to take a step back and accept some humility because they're going to have a tough time when somebody else starts to parent their child properly. You know, I see it all the time where a parent brings a child in and says, my child needs discipline. And the second we start putting discipline down, parent goes, I don't like the way you're disciplining my child because they feel that it's a failure on their part, that their child is doing something that they should have corrected in the beginning. And now that another adult's correcting them, they're embarrassed. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that because, um, you know, I, I dated, uh, you know, a, a lady that I adored once and uh, she had a little guy. And uh, one day I was there early and uh, I was hanging out with a little guy and her mom was there in the room and the little guy was doing something that was just dumb. You know, <laughs> you, yeah. you, you, if you keep doing this to the dog, the dog's going to bite you. So I remember raising my voice. I mean, to the degree that needed to be raised and uh, just saying, don't just, that was it. Don't do that. And I remember 
the grandmother getting really, really upset about this. It's like, don't, don't correct the little guy. Don't. And I remember having this tough conversation. Look, if, if, if I'm going to come in into this union, if I'm going to come in into this relationship as, as the male of the family, there are some things that, that need to be understood. You know, somebody has to do the parenting here because it's my role as a father. It's my role as a, as a part of the union, of the parenting union, to create humans that are not hated by society. Exactly. And you know what's interesting? Earlier on, you said that you didn't have that father figure, if I'm correct. I, yeah, you know, we, um, my dad left when I was one and then mom left when we were four. So we, we grew up on the streets. And that created a whole different set of problems, man. Uh, but, uh, you know, unless you finish your thought. No, my, my thought was just like, I, I came from a divorced family also. And, and I credit my father with showing me all the things that I don't, I don't want to do. I shouldn't do. Yeah. You know? So like, I think it's, it's forced perspective on my end um, where I, I had the benefit of, you know, having a, a mother have to roll, put two roles down as a male and a female, like she had to be the mom and the dad, but mm-hmm. then also watching my father and say, you know what, that's not what I want to be when I grow up. So, I mean, it's the, it's that parable of um, the, 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 the father that's fathered two children and he's a drunk and one child becomes a drunk and the other child sober. Mm-hmm. And they both say, I learned it from my father, you know, that, you know, that is, that is a fascinating point that I want to explore a little bit more uh, folks. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show that is not so much about automotive and with me is my friend Jason Filiano we're just discussing males and male culture in a very very special weekend this is Father's Day weekend the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity and before you make any car buying decisions you owe it to yourself come and see me or bring a thick skin because I don't care about your feelings Lex take us to a break we'll be right back your eyes and think of me and soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest night you just call up my name hey hey what's up Toronto when the boogeyman goes to sleep he checks under his bed for me ken shamrock here and you're listening to the greg carrasco show hello toronto what's up guys this is vito belfer and you are listening one of the toughest guys on air greg carrasco show man congratulations on your show i wish you all the best toronto stay safe out there god bless you man this is vito belfer the phenom ready to strike let's go So far away, doesn't anybody stay in one place anymore? It would be so fine to see your face at my door. It doesn't help to know you're just time away. And we're back. Long ago, I reached for you. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Saga 960, the last 
free thinking radio station in Ontario, not corporately owned. We are free to discuss what's on our minds without the repercussions of Big Brother coming down and saying, you can't see that. It doesn't work that way here. A lot of people don't know how free this radio station is. We need to protect and support and validate the existence of this radio station. It's very, very important, folks. With me in the studio, I have a badass, Jason Filiano. <laughs> you know, he uh, owns a martial arts school, so that makes us brother in arms. He shoots guns, <laughs> brother in arms. <laughs> How long have you owned that school, Jason? I'm going on 10 years next year um, for my Bolton location and five years next year for my Tottenham location. Wow. What, what have you found that is the biggest challenge that, uh, that you have had owning martial arts schools? That's a great question. And if you had asked me before COVID, it would be a totally different answer now that I think about it. I'll tell you right now, the greatest challenge of owning a martial arts school is staying true to the martial arts code yeah. in today's times, because today's times do not are not conducive for the martial arts code of ethics. Explain. So in the martial arts code of ethics, we talk about earning what, what you've got, you know, earning your keep. Failure is an option, so you're going to have to learn how to deal with it. Um, working for what you've got and also standing up for the little guy, the big one, and standing up for people that don't have a voice. Mm -hmm. And in today's society, um, you can't do that anymore. I can't stand up for somebody else because it might offend the person that is putting them down. And it just doesn't... The martial arts code of ethics, like, you know, if I'm, we both do jujitsu. Yep. What I love about jujitsu, it's one of the last martial arts where if me and you get on the mats and we roll, there is no politics. Nope. I'm tapping. The mats don't you're lie. Tapping. The mats don't lie. Nope. I stopped my karate. I, I have a black belt in karate as well. I stopped karate competition because I'd show up at tournaments and there was so much politics, mm -hmm. you know, jujitsu, there, there's very little politics, if any. And uh, today's society, it's, it's about handing people stuff, you know, so handing people belts, for example. We put out a great post to our parents saying, we're not going to follow through with what's happened in the last two years where kids can show up on a Zoom, do their class, put in minimal effort and get their marks. We're not going to mm -hmm. do that. So if your kid doesn't know their stuff, they're not going to get their next belt, period. And we actually had people quit because the parents believed it wasn't fair. To which it's the response is, tell me what part of life is fair when they get out there in the real world. <laughs> uh, welcome to life. Uh, take that first big breath in. You're alive. Guess what? Life ain't fair. You exactly. <laughs> and the last two years, kids have been given stuff. Adults have been given stuff. You know, how many adults don't want to go to work because they've been working from home for the last two years? Well, listen, when, when you pay them to stay home and you tax them when they go to work, why would they want to get out? Exactly. So I think that's the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge is just staying true to your martial arts code of ethics and your creed and not trying to panhandle to every single person and everybody's feelings and trying to um, listen. If, if everybody likes you, you're doing something wrong. If you're creating oh, enemies, 
If you're creating enemies, then then you've got your standing for something. Period. The um, what I have found with through jujitsu, and I mean, it's one of my passions. I, I have always been involved in martial arts. I did karate for a very long time, but uh, when I moved to Canada, I continued with that. And then you know, life comes in the way, and I got into the gym business. But uh, when it was love at first role, the first time I rolled with somebody it was my buddy Derek. We're still good friends. You know, it's funny because some of my best friends right now are the people that can hurt me, but they don't. <laughs> no, it's a, my, the most, the safest place for me in the world is amongst the most dangerous people that I know, which is the irony of martial arts. It's fascinating. <laughs> but uh, one of the reasons why I love jujitsu so much is because there is no BS on the mats. I can I can be an executive of a multi million dollar corporation, and um, you know when when you lead people long enough, you start believing your own nonsense. So jujitsu has been a great uh, equalizer for me in the sense that it brings humility back into my life. When I go on the mats, I can get tapped out by one of the girls that I have you know training with me that are phenomenal, and uh, there is there is no there is no shame in this. The mats will never lie, but. Uh, you know, you, you've been in the business for 10 years. You've, you've made it work somehow. What do you think that you have done that has made your academies be the ones that survive? Because there were many that didn't. So here's, here's a great one for you. I've been, in the, I've been owning my own school for 10 years, but I've been running schools since I was, I want to say, 21, 22. Okay. So I actually was running a very a successful group of five locations, and I was running two of the locations and micromanaging a third. Um, and the resiliency that I learned out of running those schools and what not to do towards the end, same thing I told you earlier on about the father figure mm-hmm. towards the end of that, of that era that I was running the schools, there was a lot of things getting done that I learned, okay, this, you shouldn't be doing this as a martial arts school owner okay. or as a martial arts business. And then when I opened up my location, I, I, I worked off those coattails of don't do that. But do this because we got to a certain point. You know how they say every great Roman em- or every empire falls eventually? Yep. You know, okay, let's make sure we don't fall. Let's get great, but let's not fall. And then when it came time for COVID, we, we, one thing we didn't do was play victim. I didn't sit back and say, okay, guys, to my students, we need you to survive. I said, hey, we're here for you to help you survive. So we're going to move everything online. We're going to be working with your kids one-on-one. We're going to be working with the adults one-on-one. We're here for mental health help. We're going to call, make phone calls to you guys. We're going to keep you guys fit and active. We're going to keep you guys going. We're going to give you some sense of normalcy in the world where there is no normalcy. You mm-hmm. know? So the one thing we never did was we never turned to our students and said, help support us. We said, we're here to support you. So right away, you flipped the narrative, which was important. And I was in Australia 30 days before they locked everything down May 15th. Oh boy. That was amazing. Cause that's exactly where the toilet paper shortage started was yep. in Australia. And on the plane ride back, I spent the entire 16 hours writing out everything we were going to do from every worst case scenario to best case scenario, mm-hmm. best case scenario, two weeks, we actually open up worst case scenario. They never opened us up for a year, you know? And um, it was forward thinking like that, that really saved the school. And plus I have an amazing team. You know, I told all my staff, we're in this all together. Let's, let's roll this boat together. You know? So it kept, uh, it, it kept us afloat. It kept us going. Relationships that we had built with uh, the students were very key. You know, the students were not a number to us. 
We knew every student. We talked to every student. We kept, and even the, the people that lost our jobs, you know what? You can't afford it right now. No problem. Keep coming to class. Keep doing the online stuff. We'll keep your child engaged. Don't worry about it. You know, did people take advantage of us? Absolutely. But did we help more people than, than, than hurt us? Absolutely. So, you know, right now, where can people find you? Before I ask you the next question, where are your schools located and how can people get a hold of you? So, um, Caledon, Ontario, the, the town is Bolton. That's the one location. Tottenham, Ontario, that's in uh, New Tecumseh, uh, South Simcoe area. Um, if you just search Canadian Black Belt Academy, uh, it'll pop up no matter where you are in Canada. And uh, we have an online platform as well. I'm not a big fan of the online. I think it was just a Band-Aid to help get us through what we had to get through. Yeah. But it is it is definitely an option. But, um, yeah, and, and it's uh, what a ride. What an absolute ride the last two years have been. I'm telling you right now, if you survive the last two years as a martial arts school owner, you got big things coming for you. You know, I, uh, I I trained for quite a few years to a martial art that completely left me down, I, you know, with a school that completely let me down <laughs> in the process. And I just became somebody that was supporting somebody else's business. Like, wait, wait a second. You know, this is not what I'm here for. Uh, and um, after I left my original school, I came across some of the most outstanding citizens in, in the martial arts world. And I, uh, you know, I... I still hold a mem- I own a, my own school and I still hold a membership at another school because they're that good. And some really good friends came out of this. But, um, you know, I, I have to say, man, um, if it wasn't for martial arts, I don't know if my mental health would have remained intact after the incredibly insane psychological, emotional, financial attack <laughs> that we went under for the last two years. It's, it's been crazy. But, you know, here's a question for you. How long have you been uh, practicing um, target shooting, target, target practicing? Oh, that's a great question. I want to say I got into it when I started training with the armed forces back in 2014, I want to say 2013. We started working with uh, the armed forces a little bit and teaching them combatives. And then from there, it branched off to working with some of the police. And I said to myself, I can't teach these guys anything unless I'm in there. Like I, I experienced some of what they're doing. So I started getting to shooting and guns and that's actually how I made the relationship out there with the guys with target sports. Yeah. Um, and uh, I want to say since uh, yeah, 2013, 2014 is when I started. And uh, Oh, sorry. Wait a minute. No, 2003, 2004. What am I talking about? 2013 is when I opened my school up and I was shooting way before that. <laughs> so it's been 2003, it's, 2004. That makes it's been about sense. 20 years now. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, uh, you know, my youngest son is, uh, is fully trained. You know, he's, uh, he's fully, fully trained in the safe handling and uh, in, in, in practice of uh, firearms. And uh, I can tell you, I have always felt that everyone here should take a gun safety course. You need to know what to do in case of. How much do you agree with that statement? Man, I if I could rent out my fi- the gun range yeah. and, and give a free pass to all the students to come in and learn and, 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 and take it, I would. I think it's so important. We're never going to get rid of firearms, period. It's never going to happen. Because bad guys don't follow the law. So you might as well teach everybody how to handle it properly. You want to know where it starts, as silly as it sounds. Uh, with when, whenever we bring out the Nerf guns in our, in our camps, we always yep. teach kids, keep your finger off the trigger when you're, on yep. the, when, you're, when you're walking around with the Nerf gun. 
and don't point the Nerf gun at anybody until you're we're ready to actually start playing Nerf gun wars. And you'd, be, it, you'd be amazed how many people don't know the, the most basic safety rules when it comes to behaving around a gun. You know, it, it, the whole concept that a gun is harmless. You know, you can have a gun fully loaded on top of a table and you place it there. That gun won't do anything. <laughs> you, we are the Nothing. ones that give life to that thing. And uh, unfortunately, bad guys don't care about laws. That's the reason why they are called bad guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this whole notion that we seem to be subjected these days is something that defies any logic that I can possibly. I, I don't even want to get into the conversation with people because if I have to talk about it, it's like, okay, there, there's we have nothing in common on this. Now, you've been a member here for what, 10 years now at, um, at Target Sports? Uh, further than that, we're talking 15, 16 years at least. You know, it's, it's fascinating. What is your favorite gun to shoot? Uh, anything that shoots. <laughs> that's like that's like if you ask Coiler Gracie, my my master, what's your favorite submission? He goes, whatever makes them pat. So you put any firearm in my hand, it's my favorite gun to shoot in the moment. Now, obviously, I like my firearms because I, I own them. Yeah. But if it goes bang, I'm going to like it. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, we're going to take a short break. But in the other side of the break, I want to talk to you about something that I experienced last weekend when uh, I went to see Top Gun. And, uh, you know, I don't want your answer yet, but uh, that movie caught me by surprise. And I want to explore that with you uh, for very obvious reasons that you're going to find out on the other side of the break. Folks, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We are brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And uh, we are the home of the No Commission salespeople. This is a car dealership with no nonsense. Why? Because I work there. So I won't let it happen. Lex, take us to a break. We'll be right back. You meet teeter, you see, but I've seen the same. I know the shame in your defeat. But I will hold on hope and I won't let you choke on the noose around your neck and I Find strength in pain and I will change my ways. I'll know my name. Darcy Tucker here. And if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. My dad told me Saturday mornings used to be for watching cartoons. And now we have to listen to this guy. My name's Lily, and you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. Yeah, I know sometimes things may not always make sense to you right now, but hey, daddy always tell you, straighten up little soldier, stiffen up that up with it, what you crying about, you got me, Haley I know you miss your mom, and I know you miss your dad when I'm gone, but I'm trying to give you the life that I never had, I can see you sad, even when you smile, even when you laugh, I can see it in your eyes. If you're listening to us, you're part of Slacker Nation. You're a slacker. It's okay. We love you. Carrasco loves everybody from Slacker Nation except two people. The two of you, you know who you are. I don't love you. That's it. There's nothing for you. Everyone else <laughs> gets all the love in the world. And with me in studio right now, we have Jason Filiano. He's an OG owner of the Black Belt Academy and Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Academy up in 
Tottenham and is it Simcoe area? Tottenham, Simcoe, and then Bolton, Caledon. And Bolton, Caledon. We've been talking about all sorts of different things. Crickets, guns, <laughs> you name it. But, you know, I, I'll tell you this, uh, Jay, last, last weekend, um, my son and I, my eldest son, went to, um, went to the movie theater and uh, we wanted to watch Top Gun. Dude. That movie hit me in the feels, man. I was crying like three or four times. Like, what the hell is happening to me? Are you crying? No, I'm not crying. Are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, it is, uh, in, in, and I hate to steal your words, but, uh, you know, it's been kind of an homage to masculinity uh, that I haven't seen in a very, very long time. It's like, wait a second, what's happening here? This is not normal. Now, I've always been a big fan of Tom Cruise, but that one there was a pretty, you know, it's funny because it's a pretty racy masculinity movie in, in a world that, that is not accepted. So that was an actual risque movie. Is that odd? <laughs> it was, you know what? I walked out of the theater and I didn't feel like garbage about my country Or, a, or, or any country, about my gender, about my race, my political party, my religion, my values, nothing. I was like, this movie is an old movie that they just made new. <laughs> you know, there was good guys, there was bad guys. You know, it wasn't somebody that was misunderstood. Uh, there was right and wrong. It, it, was, it, was, it was great. You know, the confidence and arrogance wasn't a shameful sense. You know, it was merited. He needed the confidence and the arrogance to do what he had to do. Um, someone could be the best or the excellent at something without apologizing for being privileged. Like, yeah, I didn't hear that word once come out of that theater. It was great. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I recommend every single dad out there, you know, mom and dad, whatever, you know, take your kids and watch this movie. It's a, it's a very, very entertaining movie. And uh, I'm most likely, I'm going to take my younger son to watch it again this weekend because uh, um, the previous weekend we had watched the original one. So, you know, the original one is, is fresh in their mind. And uh, I think it's, I think it's important that this movie is watched for all the right reasons. Um, now, you know, before, when, whenever I have a guest on the show, I always ask a bunch of questions that are, you know, rather personal, you know, don't, you know, you don't have to answer any one of them if you don't want to. Uh, but uh, I, I want to know a little bit deeper into your brain. What are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? Yes. I'm rereading Make Your Bed. Okay. Um, by, uh, oh, I always forget his name because I get him confused, but General McAdams. Admiral, General, is it a yeah. General? Yeah, General Admiral. I can't remember if he's General Admiral. Um, I tend to reread one book every two books. So I'll read two books and I'll reread a book. So right now I'm, I'm rereading um, Make Your Bed, which is a short book if anybody's ever picked it up. Um, Strong Men, create, that, that was a great book as well. Mm -hmm. um, that one I just finished, the long one. And uh, I'm trying to think what I have going on for my next book. I haven't actually picked my next book yet, which is something that shocks a lot of people because I, I tend to try and read one book a month. That's my goal. I hear you. Have you read Relentless by Tim Grover yet? I have not. You know, that's a recommendation that I, I put out there. I, I read it twice in one week. And that's how engaged I was. And if you can live, if you can do without the, the sports references, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal book. It's called Relentless by Tim Grover. Um, historical figures. Favorite top three historical figures. 
Favorite top three historical figures. Wow. And non-martial arts related, I'm going to assume. You know, it doesn't have to. Not necessarily. I mean, if they're historical and they're important to you, I want to know. Genghis Khan. Okay. I mean, here's a man that conquered. I think he's the number one conqueror at all of our times. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, regardless of the method or the the way he did it, it was more of, of a sense of like, here's someone that set out to rule the world and almost did it. Um, historical figures, man, that's a great question. I tend to, I tend to think about, uh, who else? I have no clue. I, I mean, this is going to haunt me now for the rest of the day, Greg. I appreciate you for stumping. You stumped me on this one, my man. You stumped me. I got to have to do you a know, part I, two. What about, you know, from a martial arts standpoint, which one is your favorite martial artist? Oh, I'm, you know what? I'm, a, I'm, Anderson, uh, Vanderlei Silva. I mean, like, there's nobody scarier in all of MMA, in my opinion, really? at their prime than I, 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 I akin Vanderlei Silva to the Mike Tyson of boxing. Like, like that guy there just went in to hurt and murder people, and you know that that was to me. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm a, I'm a Hoyler Gracie black belt. Love the Gracie family; it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but Vanderlei, I think, brought in the essence of MMA. And you know, this is now he was a, brutal. He was he was brutal. <laughs> he was absolute brutal. And um, you know, and, and Gracie Jiu Jitsu and MMA are two different things, right? And people oh, yeah, tend yeah, to forget for sure, that. For sure. so. The uh, you know, I, I have to say, and you may disagree with me, but uh, I was a big, big, big fan of Habib. You know, Habib yep. was just, uh, he was just a monster. I don't uh, I think the pound for pound, there hasn't been very many people that could compete with him at his prime. Um, you know, I'm glad that he retired when he did. And, you know, I really respect that, man. You know, some people just push it until, you know, you, you, you're past. You know, he, he quit while he was ahead. He yep. quit while he was winning. And, you know, the, the personal discipline that requires for somebody to do that. It's almost unseen in today's world. You just don't see that level of commitment and discipline to an idea. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it, I, I love him as a fighter. I, I love, I even, I respect him for what he stands for, even though there's certain things I don't. Yeah, same here, same here. As a male, I can still respect it. Um, I would akin him to like, you know, the George St. Pierre. Here's someone that uh, came out of retirement and, uh, and, and won a, who did he fight George St. Pierre last? I'm trying to I'm trying to remember who it was. I don't remember. Was it Bisbing? I want to say it was Bisbing. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. I what I liked about George St. Pierre, uh, out of, like if I had to choose between George St. Pierre and Khabib, I'm going to choose George St. Pierre because everybody he lost to because he, he showed that he could lose, he yeah. won against you know Matt Hughes and uh, and um, Sarah Matt Sarah. Hmm. Yeah, Matt Sir is an you know an interesting guy. Also, he's another he's another monster. And now to close the show, I you know my head is a I, I I'm a quote collector. I I just like you know the ideas of people putting in a sentence a succinct, concise thought that can answer so many different questions that you can live your life by. Um, you know, what are some of your I hate to put you on the spot, but that's the whole idea of live radio. What are some of your favorite quotes that you can share with the audience? Um, I, I, I work off of three quotes in life, okay? Three specific quotes. It's a trinity of, of what I stand for. First okay. of all, I don't go with the flow. I flow with the go. All right? That, if, you, if, if you go with the flow, that means you're in the ocean and the waves are going to crash you into the rocks. 
If you flow with the go, that means you get on a surfboard and you move around those rocks. You still got to go with the ocean, but at least you kind of dictate the terms. Love it. You know, um, secondly is uh, the saying that you only live once is, is BS. It's not real. You, you live every day. You only die once. So you got to live every day. And the last one, which really, it scares me sometimes when I think about it, is the definition of hell is the, the day on your deathbed, the deathbed, the man that you are meets the man that you could have been. And that scares the living garbage out of me. That, um, that is a scary thought. That is a very, very scary thought. Folks, that was my friend Jason Filiano. Jason, I'm super happy that you took the time this morning to join the Carrasco Show, man. I, I really hope that uh, one of these days we meet outside of the virtual world and we can, you know, we can share a drink or break some bread because I would love train. To. Yeah, yeah, we, I, I, I got to make it up there. <laughs> to when, wherever you are or you come down to my academy and we can we can just train together i think that this is a it's a different kind of manly camaraderie that uh, needs to be shared and um, i thank you you know profusely for taking the time to spend uh you know a few minutes of your of, of your busy days with the audience here and uh I can speak for the entire Slack Nation. You have an open invitation. So if you ever have a tournament, if you ever have an event, if you ever have something important in your life that you want to share with the audience, you're welcome to come down to the Carrasco Show here and share with us and that we will support whatever efforts you're trying to push forward. I appreciate it. And likewise with you guys. Thank you. That's Jason Filiano, everyone. Uh, folks, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here on Saga 960 AM. The next hour is the hour of the grievances. Do you have a beef? Do you have a problem? Do you have a suggestion? Do you have a question? Do you want to argue with me? Do you know what to do? Just pick up the phone and call me. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. I'm the show that you need to cry on. I'm the show that you use to complain about your husband or your wife or your neighbor or all of the above. Let's take us to a break. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. It is time for Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Whoa, it's The Greg Carrasco Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this ride go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? That was an intense hour. 
If you're just tuning in, you're one of the lucky ones. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. Canada's largest automotive radio show. But we started talking about cars a long time ago. Now, I will still answer questions about cars. So if you're looking at getting a vehicle, a price, or trade it in, or buying a car, and you need to decide what to buy because you're confused. I'm your man. I'm the one that is going to give you the straight goods. Now, if I think you're making a mistake, I will also tell you. So the only advice that I have for you is that you need to have a thick skin. Who do we have on the line that wants to talk to me about cars? Uh, we have uh, Chase. Chase, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How can I make your life better this morning? Chase. Hey. Hi, Greg. Hey, Chase. What's going on, brother? How can I help you? No, I think you got Vince. Oh, Vince? Okay. Yes, sir. Hi, Vince. Hi. How are you doing today? Um, I just want to say the last hour was great. Uh, Mr. Jason's awesome. Uh, my son was in his karate school in Tonham, and he'll be going back in the fall once he's done with his uh, summer stuff as well. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. That being said, um, I have a 2018 Santa Fe that uh, I was looking to trade in. I had a 2022 Santa Fe on order, so I'm just waiting for that to come in. Yeah. And um, due to some unforeseen circumstances, I, I had to... Uh, actually pay the vehicle off. So now um, I, I don't know if I'm going to go the trade-in route anymore with the original dealer. Mm -hmm. And I'm just seeing what I can, what I can get for it for a fair market value. Okay. Um, you know, we, we started the show this morning with some incredible internet problems here in my house because I'm broadcasting from my condo here in, uh, in the, in limbo. In Oakville. <laughs> so I haven't been able to log into my system for the entire show, which is a bit of a pain. But this is what I can do for you. Um, if you send me a quick email to greg at gregcarrasco.com with the year, the kilometers and the VIN number of your car um, with a few more details, like which specific Santa Fe model it is, what trim level, if there are any accidents and whatnot. I will be able to help you immediately after the show because I just call my okay. store and the boys and girls there will put the, uh, all your information in the system and, and help you out that way. But, uh, you know, here is a question for you that may be a, a more important question. Why do you want to get rid of that car? You know what? Uh, I've had no problems with it. It's a great vehicle. Um, I just looked at the used market and saw that uh, I can get uh, good money for it. Uh, we do quite a bit of driving. So it's a 2018. It's got just under 115000 on it. Okay. So I figure now's the time to, to make the jump, get into a newer one. So that way I can uh, take advantage of the hot market. And I know I'm paying a little bit more, but I'll be keeping my payments relatively the same based on the uh, the equity that I have in the vehicle. So yeah. it does it does kind of make sense from that standpoint. I, I just don't know if I would do that if I were you. Like I, I, what you're saying makes sense. But you are also 
whatever you are going to get as an advantage on your trade-ins, because trade-ins have never been worth this much, you are also going to mm-hmm. pay it right back on the interest rates and the price of the new vehicle, because interest rates in my lifetime, they haven't been this high since when I started, which was in 1993. Uh there are no incentives anymore. Car manufacturers have no desire or, um, you know, they have no need to incentivize you in any way, shape or form. The same thing with the dealers. The dealers don't have any reason um, to give you any discounts. So you are going to be paying the highest interest rates and the highest prices in the last 30 years that you have found in the car industry. So, you know, all all I can say to you is this, Um, whatever you're trying to accomplish, I will help you do it. But uh, remember that cars are the biggest waste of money that anybody could have. And a lot of people get twisted when I say this, because, yes, I am a car salesperson. You know, at the end of it all, when you peel all the layers down and you take all you strip me of all my titles, you know, you you strip the vice president of operations of a corporation, you strip my general manager status, you strip everything away. I sell cars for a living, and this is what this show does. We we help people purchase vehicles, and hopefully they do it on my organization. But the reality is this, that a car is a waste of money. You just have to do it. And the trick behind it is that to do what Money Mike does. You know, Money Mike is the guy on my show every, every other Saturday. Yeah. He has a oh, car yeah. with almost a quarter of a million kilometers on it. He, he services to death. You know, that vehicle is the most well-maintained vehicle that you, uh, you're going to find out there. But the reality is that these are pieces of equipment and people don't maintain it. So, look, all I can tell you is this, that your 2018 Santa Fe is a phenomenal car. Is it the regular 2.2 or is it the 2-liter limited? No, it's the regular uh, all-wheel drive. Okay, so, so that vehicle is going to last you for half a million kilometers. Yeah, I... They, they did have that recall. There's that uh, whole core, uh, core battle where uh, they were having some engine issues with those models. Yeah. So luckily, knock on wood, I haven't had any. But um, that is that was always in the back of my mind as well, right? Well, look, I mean, you can come down and see me if you want. I can probably steer you the right direction. Uh, send me the information, and I will probably appraise your vehicle and give you a number that we would be prepared to buy it uh, for. And then if you like that number... We will give you on top of that a $1,000 gas card. So this is an offer that's available to everybody in the city right now. And uh, I look forward to communicating with you off air. I I do too. I'll send you that email. Thanks, brother. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Greg. Have- no problem. You know, and this is, you know, buying another car, sometimes it's just not the solution. We, we drive something, we keep it for a long time, and... Um, Sometimes the whole notion of getting a new vehicle is something that may be the wrong thing to do. I don't know. I think that if I were in the position that Daniel was, I would just keep it. I would make a relationship or start a relationship with a local Hyundai store and buy myself a maintenance package and just service that vehicle forever. Look, folks. These are machines with motors and moving parts. And the whole notion that a car that is four or five years old is too old because it has too many kilometers, then you're missing the point of machinery. Most planes up in the air are 25, 30 years old. (laughs) 
And the only reason why they last that long is because they get maintained daily. After every flight, they go through maintenance. So I don't buy the notion that a perfectly viable machine is not going to last you for half a million, 600,000 kilometers. I think that most people are looking for an excuse for them to spend more money because they validate their success on the vehicle they have parked in the driveway. And look who's talking to have a G-Wagon in the driveway. But do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> I can get away with this, guys. I work in the car industry. So th- those rules don't apply to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we have a caller, uh, Bob from uh, Colorado, who wants to talk about challenging people's typical perspectives. Is this Bob Mock? It is. <laughs> Bob, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show, brother. How are you? Great. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Thank you, man. It's good to hear you. What's on your mind? You're calling from the U.S., from Colorado, man. I, 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 I love you for that. That's, it's fascinating to me. But what's on your mind? Well, what's on my mind is, is uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to you all the way from Colorado, especially on Father's Day weekend. You know, you're always challenging the norm, um, you know, challenging everybody to look for a better way. You provide a guest like you just had on prior and and I believe the uh, his name is Jason. But yes, it really resonated with me in the fact that. You know, like his favorite fighter, one of them was he, he mentioned George St. Pierre, yep. you know, and why? Because he dealt with failure. He overcame failure. So one of the things that uh, really resonated with me this weekend is my son, a little bit off topic, but is in a lacrosse tournament. They play a game last night and just get it handed to them. And the parents are sideways. Quite frankly, I was a little bit at first. And then I thought, wait a minute, there's a lot to learn in this. You know, and I think that's where Jason was going. You know, we as men, especially as fathers, need to help our sons learn to deal with failure and overcome failure because that's going to happen in life. But look at it this way. I mean, the, the math on success is very simple. You can't win if you don't fail. It doesn't it doesn't they go hand in hand like there is no light without darkness. There is no yep. day without night. There is no win without fails. There is no, there are no wins without losses, but somehow we, we seem to, you know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, uh, what is the name of that Canadian game? Curling, you know, that uh, the thing, it seems like sure. parents, parents these days are the, the broom people for that stone that just like let them free fall, <laughs> slide into a collision. And I, I think that it's very, very important that we as parents understand the notion that if you don't prepare your kids for the disappointments of life, you are not doing your children a favor. In the, in the whole notion of dealing with adversity, dealing with failure, dealing with the notion that you are not good enough yet, because that's the operative word, it's yet, is something that we have a really tough time teaching our children. Would you agree with that? 100%. You know, uh, the, I listened to somebody else recently and this really resonated with me. The journey is the reward, you know, not the destination. The journey is the reward. And so you're right. Everybody wants the, the substance without the struggle. You know, they want the destiny without the des- disappointment. So it's just a great reminder for us. So once again, for you to have a guy like that on the show that 
you know, we'll just tell you like it is. And it's, it's the truth. We all look, you know, generally for the easiest path. And I love that analogy you gave. It's like, we're on the broom trying to have our, have our children avoid um, any pain or disappointment, you know, but on the other side of that, that you know, temporary pain is, (laughs) is the wind. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I I just want to, I appreciate you, who you are and what you do for everybody. Thank you, Bob. I really appreciate you listening to my show from the other side of the country. That's is fascinating to me. Bobby, thank you so much and be well. Okay. Say hi to the family for me. I will. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. That's amazing to me. You know, people are listening to this show from another country. Well, that just brings tears to my eyes because I never really thought that I was important enough for people to listen to me. <laughs> you are, Greg. <laughs> believe it. You need to believe it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just got a message here from a, list, uh, a fan of the show. His name is Frank. He says, Greg, I think you may remember me. I am Frank from Concord. I, I spoke to you in my old co-host, John Scholes, when I was at another radio station. He says, you're unbelievable and I can't get anything done on Saturday mornings. While people are screaming at me, I just tell them to shut up and listen. They will shockingly become smarter right before their own eyes. I also appreciate you, Frank. Look, every man is better than you at something. And from that, I try to learn. This is not a show that I use to pontificate you may, it may seem that way because, again, it's a broadcasting station. I have to put thoughts out into the universe. And, you know, the idea of having strong opinions on something is what keeps people entertained, at least keep them engaged. But at some point, I need to have something to say. And I hate the notion of teaching. I've always hated it, just like I've always hated the notion of selling. I don't believe that anything should be sold. I think that people just buy things. You know, a sale is a job well done. It's the outcome of a job well done. When you do a good job, people buy things because they want to. Things sell themselves when you look after your customers. But when it comes to teaching, you know, you can only teach something that you own, something that you believe that you have the monopoly on the truth, whatever it is that you're trying to teach. I don't believe in that. I believe in the concept of sharing my findings Because my findings do change on a daily basis. I'm a different person at the end of each book that I read. And a good friend of mine, who happens to be, incidentally, another professor in jiu-jitsu, Carlos Sapao, he said to me, "I'm, I'm just sharing what I find. I don't teach anything to anyone. Because we are all in the search of our own truth. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what your problems are. I, you know, I don't know what trials and tribulations you are going through. But let me tell you, it can always get worse. <laughs> so just be happy that it is what it is right now. Because life has a funny way of proving you wrong every single time. Aren't I right, Lex? Isn't it ironic? It, it, is, it is very ironic. So this is the hour <laughs> of the grievances. What's on your mind? Who are you celebrating this weekend on Father's Day? 
Is your dad an OG? What have you learned from your father? Is your father gone? Did you miss him? What did you learn from your old man? I'm curious. And for those of you that are going to be fathers, you have a big responsibility on your shoulders. And I can tell you this. You thought that love at first size was a thing? <laughs> no, you didn't. Wait until you see that little blob of meat and goo and blood. When your little ones are born. And you look into this thing and the moment that you have it on your hands, the moment that you hold that kid, you know that your life will never be the same again. Because the moment that kid is born, you're prepared to die for that kid to be okay. That's the moment you decided. And I don't know very many fathers that don't feel the same way. Call me, 289-275-9600. This is our Father's Day special. I want to know what's on your mind. And don't forget, this is the hour of the grievances. <laughs> so if you want to complain, <laughs> I'm your man. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after the break. Lex, take us there. under people's skin but not as much as this guy you're listening to the greg carrasco show hey hey what's up toronto when the boogeyman goes to sleep he checks under his bed for me ken shamrock here and you're listening to the greg carrasco show hello toronto just told me that he's been taking notes today on the show that makes me feel warm inside what do you think about that nick no i, I think it's awesome and i i totally understand why i think you've given definitely a, a good amount of uh, valuable advice and like you said everyone has to 
you know, shape their own journey, but, you know, you can kind of be uh, a, a guiding presence along that journey. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's an interesting concept because by default, people listen to the show and we discuss life. And all I do is just share some of my findings. The truth is that I don't, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your journey is. You need to find your own truth. But as a society, we have lost the ability to trust each other, to lean on each other. I did a speaking conference, uh, a speaking engagement a few weeks back, and uh, we were talking about how in this room there was almost 200 people there. And I said, you know, within this room of 200 people, I have enough resources to pretty much find an answer to whatever I need ever. But we just don't. You know, when you when you think about you, when you think of the notion of directions. You see, if, if you go back enough and we discussed this before. 20 years ago, there wasn't a single vehicle. In Canada that didn't have a Pearly's map. Are you old enough to remember Pearlie's maps, uh, Lex? You know those books? Uh, yeah, I actually am. So 20, 25, 30 years ago, every single vehicle had a Pearlie's map. This was before navigation systems came around. And uh, you would break down the city into quadrants and uh, you will determine where you were going. If you had the name of the streets and the number, you, the chances are that you could find it. But before then... You actually had to stop and ask for directions. And 200 years ago, you had to go and ask people that have been on that road. And they will tell you, you know, make a left here. And when you see that tree, go right. Then you go across the stream. That's probably a safer path that if you go the other direction. There were wolves that way. You know, something that I've heard a number of people say when it comes to, you know, uh, just, you know, technology advancing and things being more convenient. And obviously, if you need directions, you just pull up, you know, Google Maps on your phone. Obviously, it's convenient and it's nice. But I've heard the criticisms I've heard often are that it's made people, you know, more more distant. And it, it sometimes it leads to less conversation and 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 then you don't really build a bridge and, you, you know, you don't have as many connections after and there and you kind of lose a little bit of that human element of just having a conversation, you know, sometimes with just a, a stranger. I think that was probably a lot more common back then, because, like you said, people had to ask for help and people, you know, and then I don't know, it felt like. I just feel like I've heard from a lot of people that there were a lot more, there were more conversations back then and less, you know, focusing on, you know, texting on your phone and stuff like that. Well, I think that the point that I was trying to make earlier is that if you go back long enough, we leaned on each other for wisdom. Knowing which road to take could only be shared with you by somebody who had traveled it. And we actually took the time to appreciate it. And perhaps that's one of the reasons why I don't use Google Maps. Uh, I use Waze. You see, Waze is technology leaning on the people network to tell you which way to go. Mm -hmm. 
it's, and if you're not familiar with it, you should probably download it. But, you know, this is, this is hundreds of thousands of people traveling all around the world telling you where the traffic jams are. And what do we do? We listen to each other and we avoid it. But somehow, when it comes to real-life applications, we don't listen to our elders. And, you know, I can tell you that some of my best friends are older people, older than me. And this is not an uncommon question that I asked. And I know that my buddy, Triple G, Greg Walker, is listening to me. He's in, he, yeah, he's in, in his mid-70s right now. And... Uh, a question that I know I've asked him is like, if you could talk to a 50 year old Greg, what would you tell him? You know, what roadblocks are coming up? What things do you wish you did and you didn't? Or what things you wish you had somebody that told you, but no one did. And now, you know, and these are some of the things that at my, at the tender, <laughs> at the tender age of 50, I can share with, my younger brethren, I can share this with younger males because I, I don't know what, you know, living my life as a woman is. I don't, I have no point of reference. I don't know what that is. Like, for example, I wish that somebody told me, Greg, before you get married, for the love of God, get a goddamn prenups, prenuptial agreement. <laughs> if you're not telling that to your children... Oh, they're in for a world of hurt. But I'm in love. If I bring that up, she's going to be hurt. <laughs> yeah, so? <laughs> Do you think that uh, some people don't, don't get a pre prenuptial agreement because they, they think, they're, like, they're convinced in their minds that they're never going to get a divorce? Well, I don't think that anybody gets married thinking they're going to get divorced. Of course. Okay, so that, by definition, that was, that's that's your answer right there. No, I, I get that, but I'm but what I'm saying though is like, do you, is it because they think like because obviously they're, they're, they'll be thinking like I I don't want to get a divorce. I don't see myself getting a divorce. But is it that they they're hundred percent that they're so in love? They're saying I don't. That's never going to happen. No way. No way. No way. Of course. Yeah. That's why you get married. You say okay, yeah. that's it. This is it. Mm. She's the one. We will never, ever be apart. We will be together until death do us apart. <laughs> Except that 70% of the times, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it really 70? <laughs> it's close to, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> has, has it gone up in recent years? Listen, if you, if you compare this to parach you know, <laughs> parachuting, you know, uh, you know, you can jump out of the plane, but there is a 70% probability that your parachute won't open. No. Will you jump? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why do people do it? <laughs> you it's know, when I read this statistic a little while ago, it, it just blew my mind. But, you know, and I don't want to turn this into a relationship, you know, segment of the show because I don't care. I honestly, I, I'm, I, I'm over it. But never in the history of Western civilization, there has been less men getting married and women by that, by proxy. But it's not because men are afraid of commitment. If you think that somebody is afraid of commitment, look at and see if they have a tattoo on them. That's eternal. So men are not getting married, not because they're afraid of commitment. They want to be committed. They're afraid of divorce. 
because divorce is crippling our young men in our society today. And I can tell you this, if you're a man right now, if you're a boy right now, and you're thinking about getting married, the question is like, why would you want to do that? This, the odds are against you. Which is ironic because I'm in full support of the nuclear family setting. I do believe in having, you know, a husband and a wife and children and the white picket fence and live happily ever after. I do believe in that. But unfortunately, society has, the pendulum of society has swung the other way. You know, if you believe that we live in a patriarchy, in a male-dominated society, slap yourself because you have probably never gone through divorce course. Divorce court. <laughs> You've never done it. <laughs> so you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> so if one of those nuggets of information is today, as Lex is taking notes in the background, get yourself a prenuptial agreement, folks. And if you have children, especially boys, do not, under any circumstance, let them get married without them having an ironclad prenuptial agreement. You will save him a lot of heartache afterwards. I'm telling you. Love is not a reliable situation. Love is a fickle thing. It goes away, just like most feelings. So why base the most important financial decision of your life? And I know it may sound cold, but the truth is that, like my, my buddy Luz Keys has always said, finding a husband or a wife is the most important financial decision of your life. You know what the second one is? What? Having a kid. You right. have a financial commitment for the following 22 years with no return on that investment because as soon as they turn 12, they start saying, no, I don't like you. I won't tell you. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm going to get a tattoo and pierce my belly button. <laughs> You're not my dad. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Ah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the society that we live in right now. What are you going to do? We just try to make the best of it. But there are many men that need to be mentioned on this show. My partner, Professor Luis Costa, he's a badass, but he's also a good dad. You know, I see him, you know, rolling with his son, Michael, my sobrino. His love there. I see him. He's an amazing dad. My friend, Professor Dave from Evil. He's about to be a dad. And I am seeing a soft side of this guy that makes me want to cry because he's like all giddy with the idea of him having a little person in the house. Which is kind of awesome considering that he's one of the most dangerous humans that I know. <laughs> But he will use that danger to protect his loved ones. I love that notion. Professor Toma, also from Evo, an amazing dad. All he posts about his kids constantly. He's always with them, playing soccer, doing this, doing that. I love it. Jason Ground, my general sales manager from Infinity. He's in Montreal this weekend with his daughter at the F1. 
Daniel Yu, my general sales manager at Nissan, he's constantly posting pictures of his little ones at the zoo or Niagara Falls or a farm, wherever he happens to take them all the time. My internet sales manager, Raj, constantly, constantly talking about his little ones. There are so many good men out there. So many good, strong providers for the families, protectors. That somehow seem to be forgotten. And if I ever hear that Canada is going to start in the direction that Australia is going because they want to abolish Father's Day in Australia, I will start a revolution. I can tell you this. I will be leading that revolution. And I'm pretty sure that my buddy Jason would be right there with me. Because we need to protect those good men. You know, I was married a couple of times before. Surprise, surprise. I believe in the idea, you know. And you know, both of my ex-wives, dads, were amazing men. Like, I mean it. They were amazing dudes. You know, a big shout out to Mr. Brown. Another shout out to Don Victor. Amazing man. I took guidance from them. You know, the fact that my relationship with their daughters didn't work out has nothing to do with them. It is mostly to do with me. Are you doing something for your dad this weekend? What are you doing for your dad this weekend? Or you forgot already? I didn't, I didn't forget. Did you get him something? I did. What'd you get him? I don't know if I should say it on the air. Uh, <laughs> if he listens to the show, maybe. But yeah, you never I, know. I don't know if he listens to you. <laughs> you, you never Is it know. CRTC okay? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Um, no, I, I did get him something, and then yeah, tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna celebrate. We're gonna uh, go out to dinner. You know. Uh, me, my dad, and my mom as well. So, uh, oh yeah, we we celebrate every year, both uh, Father's Day and Mother's Day. It's, it's very important to our family. It should be important for every family. I'm not going to ask you, Lex, if you bought something with your dad, but uh, <laughs> 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 do you see him though? Do you still see him or not? Oh, not yeah, really. I still see him. Oh, do you? Yeah. You need to mend that relationship, man. You know, we are all broken. Every one of us is just some of us are strong enough to admit it to ourselves in, in our dads, our parents, for that matter. They are just like you and I trying to figure things out. They don't know. We're all lost. And well, if anybody tells you that they have the solutions to the world, they're lying to you. Just like if somebody tells you that there is an afterlife, are you lying? You're, if somebody tells you that there is heaven, the moment they say that to you, I said, sorry, man, you're lying. <laughs> you, you, you're literally lying to me. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I already know and I admit that I'm screwed up. It's, you know, not the same on the other side. Yeah, but look at it this way. You're, you're measuring your dad with your own yardstick of honesty. You know, why are you doing that? The mm. basis of unhappiness is comparison. So the moment that you compare your dad to you, you will always be disappointed because he, your True. dad isn't you. Mm -hmm. 
Is that another nugget of truth that you're going to write down this weekend, Lex? Oh, yeah. See, the basis of unhappiness is comparison. Nothing is good or bad until you compare it to something else. So why do you? You, you can hear his pen move right now. He's <laughs> taking valuable notes. No, no, no. He's no, using I, I don't Google use a Docs. pen. My penmanship is horrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> he's using Google Docs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the new pen today. <laughs> Indeed it is. Uh, folks, you are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show here on the last free radio station in the province of Ontario, Saga 960. This show needs to be protected. It needs to be secured and supported. The show, very, very quickly after it ends at 11 o'clock, gets cut up and uploaded onto iTunes and Spotify and Google Podcasts, and the show is heard all across the world in North America. So subscribe to the podcast, listen to the show, and you are going to get it in your phone. So you can listen to the show on your own time, and if you feel that we may have something interesting to say to you, perhaps subscribe. Your life may change. Who knows? Mine certainly does. This is a three-hour therapy session that I do for myself every single Saturday morning for the last 13 years. And this, never mind my therapist, that's a whole different... And you know, when you really think about it, I, do, I go through five hours of therapy every single week. I'm really screwed up. <laughs> the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And before you make any car buying decisions, you owe it to yourself. To come and see me, the slacker himself. I live there. I have no life. Just don't come and see me on Tuesdays. I do laundry on Tuesdays. Lex, take us to a break. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. Darcy Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Shout out to my best friend, Kurt. He's my best friend, but I'm not his best friend. I'm like his fifth best friend. That's the problem when you're an immigrant, right? All the best friend positions are already taken care of. (laughs) Also, my buddy, Derek. Amazing dads, males. Strong role models. Love it. 
You know, those of you that uh, listen to the show on a regular basis understand how much I love poetry. And, uh, um, you know, from time to time, I will read poems to you. But there are some favorites of mine that have always stuck. You know, and I have never read two in one show. Why? Because this is not a poetry show, but it's Father's Day weekend. I'm a dad. There's a lot of dads out there. And I'll do what I want. <laughs> right, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> so here's one of my favorite ones. And, you know, I hate doing this, but I always find myself apologizing for my accent that comes out when I read. But just bear with me. It's okay. So this is from Rudyard Kipling. He says, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired of waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken, and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. If you can make a heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pigeon toss, and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men can count with you but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiven minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, in which is more, you'll be a man, my son, I encourage each and every one of the listeners of the Greg Carrasco show here on Saturday mornings this weekend to celebrate men, to celebrate those good men. And if there is one around you that is faltering, be that metal spike they used to lean against to straighten themselves out. Because sometimes life gets tough. You know, people find different ways of dealing with difficulty. And just because you see your dad being a strong guy, never breaking down, never crying, just always staying hard and stoic, dealing with the world whichever way they can, that doesn't mean that they're not struggling inside. Call him up. Say, hey, Dad. How is it going? How are you? 
Do you need anything? Do you want to talk? Do you want to go for a drink? I would love to go for a walk with you. So you can open up a little window in what goes on inside that head. Because the last thing that you want is to be confronted with the reality of too late. You know, somebody said that hell is a truth found out too late. You know, a shout out also goes out to all those dads that passed away last year. We're thinking about you today. You're gone, but not forgotten. Anyways, I don't want to leave you all on a somber note. But sometimes life isn't fair. <laughs> Deal with it. Ain't that the truth. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to all those fathers, those badasses out in the world. You are being recognized by Slacker Nation and the Carrasco Show before you make any carbine decisions. Come and see me at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity because as you all know, there's something happening there at OakvilleNissan.com.